With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Garibaldi Red podcast. I'm Max Hayes and as Forest fall to defeat in an entertaining game at the City Grounds, a 3-2 win for Newcastle United. Two goals for the Reds coming from Anthony Alanga and Callum Hudson-Odoi just wasn't enough on the night to discuss all of the game. Anthony Taylor and I'm sure much, much more joined by, first of all, Sarah Clapson and broadcaster as well, Max Scott. Sarah, let's kick things off then. How are you and what did you make of the game really from the press box? Yeah, morning. Um, doing okay, thank you. It was, it was such a frustrating game, I think, because there were so many positives, but also some negatives. Um, the usual Achilles heel of, of defending just killed Forest really um, which was a real shame because going forward they were a threat they looked good they had some really positive moments two very good goals um, attacking wise some good performances defensively not so good um, set pieces are and have been a real Achilles heel and they still are um, and that's the worry I think that, that Forest generally played pretty well but came away with, with nothing to show from it sixth 3-2 defeat of the season. I think that probably tells a bit of a story, really. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I think just kind of, I don't know, I just think 3-2s and Forest this season seem to go with each other. Um, Max, what did you make of the game? I think Sarah's absolutely bang on, really. It's, um, it's indicative of our season. There's just that feeling, isn't there, that and you can package it in whatever way you want and, and people can blame whoever they want, but there's just a feeling that we aren't going to hold on to a lead and that there's a mistake or that there's um, sort of a lapse of concentration in us. But nonetheless, it is it is encouraging that we do look capable of scoring goals. You know, we've scored two against United, five against Newcastle in the past couple of games. Um, I like the fact that we sort of came, we've come from a goal behind twice uh, in that game. But still, um, it's still not enough. And obviously, with FFP charges over our head and a potential points deduction, that we need to get points from games like that, which we deserve, regardless of the chasm between Newcastle and Forest. 
both financially and uh, and in the table we performed i think enough to be able to get something out of that game there's obviously decisions in the game that that you could argue have cost that but regardless of anthony taylor's performance we are forest are giving teams opportunities to get back in the game and, and that's obviously frustrating for fans yeah, it is a real concern. Uh, we are live on Facebook, Nottingham Forest News and YouTube, Garibaldi Red. If you've joined us with a coffee, if you were up watching the Super Bowl late last night, like me, and feeling a bit actually the late night has caught with me. Um, Sarah, I think, you know, we talk about so much with Forest conceding goals and now two points off relegation, which is a concern. And you look at the table and as Max says, um, you know, about point seductions that, that, that will possibly come. Do you think it's maybe a mentality thing with the players almost not losing 3-2, but 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 going ahead and, and and not being able to keep on hold of that lead? Of course, Nuno won't admit that, but there's got to be some kind of mentality in there from the players that they're near the bottom of the table and that they just know that they're going to concede when they score a goal instantly. Yeah, I mean... Players will know the situation. They know, they know how close they are to the relegation zone. They know that there's that bit of pressure there, that the important thing for Nuno is to take it off them. Um, and I think he is trying to do that. But you can, as a manager, you can do that as much as you like. It's up to the players when they're out there on the pitch. And he said something very um, interesting, Nuno, afterwards, that you can work on set pieces. And they are. They brought in the set piece coach. They work on it day in, day out in training. They obviously have a drill of what they want to do. But he kind of put the responsibility on the players then and said, it's up to you. It's up to you on the pitch to to solve situations, to solve problems. Perhaps he doesn't think they, they did that on Saturday. Um, I think it's something that in those moments, you need a bit of leadership. You need a bit of, um, you need somebody to step up and really take a handle and a, a, a grasp of the situation. And, and maybe that's an area, probably in defence, that Forrest are lacking a little bit when you look at, the young centre-back partnership of Murillo and um, Andrew Omobamadeli has been brilliant. They, they've really come on a, a huge amount, but maybe getting Willie Bolly back might be a plus point. Um, Nia Carter obviously came in on Saturday and I thought he did okay, but maybe a little bit of leadership there to help. Um, it's just the gap is so small and I think that the threat of the points deduction is probably hanging over everything a little bit and just making it that bit more tense and nervy and um, it just adds a bit of uncertainty which isn't helping matters um, and the players are bound to pick up on that I'm sure. Yeah, I uh, totally agree about the leadership comment, actually. And there's a lot of comments coming into us uh, this morning. Ian says, still think we lack leadership on the field. Need someone who is much more vocal and keeps hammering home the message around set pieces, concentrate, watch movement, etc. Too slow to react of what is happening and predictable moves by the opposition. And that is the problem, isn't it, Max? When you look at that um, Gamerez strike in particular and, uh, and that corner and sat in the ground watching it from the stands you could see a free man you could see exactly almost what Newcastle were going to do it was the same with the Tony free kick yet it was just basic defending that 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 really cost Forrest despite scoring you know two good goals and actually playing for a large part of the game being in control really yeah I think um I think Forrest just need more leadership at the back Sarah's alluded to it I, I would be surprised if Willie Bolly doesn't doesn't come back in to provide that I can't remember a time. I don't think I've ever seen Willie Bolly in a forest shirt not win a header. 
Um, mm. Now I know that I know that Newcastle's first goal, you know, was different, but re- regardless of how impressive Amabamadele has been, and particularly Murillo, we're still leaking goals, and you can't just put all of the the criticism on them. You know, defending, particularly in the modern game, is something that all eleven players do. But I would quite like to see Willy Bolly in there for that experience, for his aerial for his aerial ability. I just think, you know, he, more often than not, he's going to get his head on the ball. Um, and we just need... All of those players are clearly capable of playing in the in the top league. All of those players know, know how to defend, but it's just not happening in the moment. I think it's a culmination of where we find ourselves in the league, players not being able to deal with the pressure that, that they're under. Um, and obviously, some sort of change is needed in there. Yeah, uh, and I suppose it needs to come drastically, really. Uh, Sarah, and I suppose when you look at Forrest having that set-piece coach and, and, and appointing that, and that was something that Marinakis instigated because of how concerning Forrest were from set-pieces, does... As 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 Nuno really talked about the set piece coach much as since he's kind of come through the door, is it is, is it has it been mentioned in in press conferences really? Well, it was, it was mentioned. Well, the set piece coach specifically wasn't mentioned, but the set pieces were mentioned on Saturday because it was it was quite clear that that was a, a problem, and obviously it has been. It's easy to. <laughs> He's not even been in the job two months yet, Nuno, and he's had a lot of games to deal with in that time. And that perhaps makes it feel like he's been at the club longer than he actually has. Um, He's still getting to grips with the squad, the team. He's had a lot of players absent for a long period of time. I think stability is is needed as well. Um, And again, that feeds into the set piece, defending and attacking. If you have a settled back line, it's going to be so much easier to get the set piece um, coaches' messages across and, and everybody gets to know their jobs better. If you're playing together week in, week out, you start to know what your teammates' strengths and weaknesses are and then it becomes easier to, as Nuno said, solve the problem yourself on the pitch. I think he wants the players to take a bit of responsibility themselves in that sense. But again, it's getting a back line that is used to it to playing with each other. It's a new goalkeeper. That was Matt Sells's second game, his first home game. It's still very much a case of players starting to to gel a little bit um, because there's been so many changes. Um, I think Nuno knows what the problem is. He knows set pieces are an issue. He knows leaking goals are an issue. Solving them is a, a different matter. Um, and that's obviously something that he's got to work on. Yeah, um, huge, really. Uh, set pieces, Forrest have now conceded the most goals uh, in terms of set pieces in the Premier League. It's 15. So concerning stat, top of the, the table for that one. And, and, and Forrest really don't want to be there. Um, it, it's interesting, Sarah, actually, you mentioned about players uh, gelling and, and, and things like that. Um, a lot of comments as well coming in on, on Facebook and YouTube that says about too much chopping and changing. Uh, Mark says too much chopping and changing in our defensive line up this season. And you kind of have to agree with that, Max, because you look at Omar Baladelli, who, who came in and, and has done so well since Nuno's almost start to life at the city ground. And and I was a bit shocked that that Niacarte slotted in straight away, and you know, albeit Niacarte with his with his brilliant throws half the time, but I didn't think I saw actually one that that beat the first man on Saturday. I mean, Nuno, Nuno, you've got to think is just thinking about his about experience, perhaps. I mean, 
he he has looked impressive, but he is quite young, um, and so perhaps perhaps he's trying to protect him. I don't really know, but I think the real question is if Nuno if Nuno really wants to create a solid defensive line, then he needs to answer the question as to why he's starting Nuno Tavares. I mean that that's the big defensive question. You know, Armavamadele near Carte, potatoes, potatoes. You know, they're clearly both talented, quick technically um, proficient centre-backs. I don't really care who starts. I, I, You know, what I think we care about as Forest fans is that we don't concede and we're conceding regardless, right? But the, the, the obvious question for me, anyway, is why is Nuno Tavares starting a Premier League football match? I mean, you know, notwithstanding his embarrassing attempts from 45 yards out, uh, you know, it's, he scored six goals for Marseille and it seems that he's just almost got a little bit brave and sort of just, just thinks that he's all of a sudden a prime Steven Gerrard. Um, and so, so notwithstanding that, I just, I, I cannot, for the life of me, fathom why he is a, a better left-back than Harry Toffolo, who has proved himself at Premier League level to be, you know, a real help in terms of assists and getting the ball in the getting the balls in the box. Now, not not to completely rain on Tavares's parade in the first half. You know, he did really show that turn of pace and cut the ball back to Morgan Gibbs White, who could have done better. Despite that, though, I think if you want a, a defence that is going to fight for your life as a Premier League football club, then Harry Toffolo, for me. He has to be picked. He, he he really plays with a passion and determination. He clearly has an affinity with the club and with the fans. And if you're in a relegation dogfight, which we are, particularly with a, a points deduction more than likely coming our way, I don't think Nuno Tavares is that player. And so that's the real question for, for Nuno that I have, is, you know, you can flip around with centre-backs. They're all pretty decent, you know, whether it's Bolly, Murillo, Omobamadele. But Nuno Tavares, for me, is just not up to scratch. And that's just got to change. I don't know how long it's going to take him to realise. Yeah, I think it's a it's a topic discussed amongst the terraces loads, Max. It seems like it's a it's a big talking point. And, and just kind of looking at my notes, actually, I was going to touch on it later. But, but we'll talk about it now, kind of this Tavares over Toffolo situation and, Sarah, when you look at, at Harry Toffolo, as Max says, <clears throat> um, you know, the, the great job he's done really off the pitch and on the pitch. He had all of the 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 controversy surrounding himself and and he almost fought back from that and and proved that he still wanted to play for Nottingham Forest and, and proved that that he almost cares about the club still and, and and really wanted to get first team football. So it is a big question as to why Nuno is 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 picking Tavares and um and, and and whether you can see that changing in the next few weeks, really? I'll be honest, I couldn't decide on Saturday whether Tavares had a good game or, or a terrible game um, because he, he got forward a lot. He got in some really good positions. He carried the ball well. Um, his pace was a real threat. But there was nothing at the end of it. And and as Max mentioned, the, the shots were just wayward and, and just wasted what was really good positions. If he'd had better decision making in those moments, he would have been man of the match because he he was just getting up and down that flank a lot. Um, he just didn't use it. I think that's probably why Nuno is favouring him over Toffolo a little bit is that he has that pace and he has that ability to. Uh, Toffolo gets forward well as well, but I think Tavares just has that little bit of an edge in that sense. 
defensively though for me Toffolo is much more solid much more reliable um, and he also puts in really good crosses I, I would say his decision making is better than Tavares is um, but I think Nuno just prefers Tavares at the minute um, whether that changes or not I, I guess we'll have to wait and see but um, I would agree I, I think Toffolo, when we're talking about leaders, when we're talking about characters and, and big personalities on the pitch, I think he fits that as well um, because he, he just carries himself so well. He's really popular member of the squad, really well liked. Um, and I think he just does his job. He might not always be, he might not always catch the headlines. He might not always be the the best player on the pitch, but generally you can rely on him to, to do what he needs to do in games. Um, and he's, generally been pretty solid I think I can't remember too many mistakes that he's made whereas I can remember quite a few with um, Nuno Tavares Another day is here and you're ready for it What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's, not, he's not X Factor, is he, um, yeah. Harry Toffolo? And I, I quite like that. I quite like that he's a solid left back. Whereas I think that Tavares wants to be the X Factor or thinks that he's got the X Factor. And so far, he absolutely doesn't. Um, and so... I think if anything needs to change, it's got to be at left back, and um, and for precisely the reasons that Sarah says, he's really well liked in the team. He's well liked on the terraces. He's solid. He's consistent. I don't want my left back scoring thirty yard screamers. I want my left back bombing up and down the wing, putting in tackles, um, you know, running the most amount on the pitch. Um, and maybe getting an assist every now and again. And he's really capable of that. His delivery in the championship for Huddersfield was brilliant. And he's shown that he can do that for Forrest in the Premier League. So for me, it's just a must. It's a no-brainer. But, you know, I am fully aware that I'm not a football manager. I'm not as capable as as Nuno, um, uh, our manager Nuno. And, um, and of course, we've got to trust him. And, and you know, I, I think just to caveat that with, He's had a really difficult hand dealt with him, hasn't he? He's arrived at the club. There's the, these FFP charges. Half the blinking squad have gone off to AFCON. And so, you know, I, I don't want to, to, to be seen to be critical too much of Nuno Espirito Santo because, um, yeah, I think he has been dealt a, a difficult hand. And if there's anything that we can hope from him, it's that he sets up a, a solid squad. Um, but we've, we've seen that at Wolves, haven't we, in, in terms of what he achieved. They look like really difficult to break down. And I, I am still hopeful that we will see Forrest being slightly more solid in front of goal and conceding less. But I think getting Willy Bolly back is going to be really important to that process. Yeah, I agree. Nicely said, Max. Um, keep your comments coming on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, Robert says, Neocarte long throws wide. Newcastle have one of the tallest sides in the league. His throw is a long lob, a gift from four defenders. I don't think we won one. And I thought that actually, you know, in terms of aerial threat, Newcastle had so much more for Forrest. You just look at their side at the city ground, you know, the height of the players, how, you know, 
just how tall, simply tall they are. And I can, I, I can actually remember Dan Byrne coming in, taking the throw in just by the main stand. And my mum went to me, God, I can't believe how tall he is. And I was like, you know, Forrest always needs somebody like that, especially in the box, especially in the, in the dying moments um, of the game. We'll move on from defence and we'll look at a few positives, which is probably in the midfield and in the attacking options. More attacking, you know, Forrest managing to score two goals again, which was a big concern a few weeks ago, a few, a few months ago, that Forrest just couldn't score and, and didn't really have much going forward. But you look at Alanga, you look at Callum Hudson-Odoi, two in two for him, his confidence is, is right up there, Sarah. Um, and, and, and that has to be a positive for Forrest. Taiwo, of course, isn't fully fit. He had to come off for Rigi. But despite the defensive issues in the other half of the pitch, Forrest looked all right. Yeah, I, I think more than all right. I think that's the frustrating thing, really, that it's going forward really good, um, really positive, a lot of good performances, two really good goals, um, a lot to like, a lot to build on as well, I think. Um, yeah. Anthony Alanga was really good, I thought, on Saturday. Um, I thought Nicolas Dominguez as well was excellent, really, really positive. Callum Hudson-Odoi probably had his best game, um, good goal and also involved in a lot of the really positive moments. Morgan Gibbs-White, I thought he did pretty well. Taiwo, I thought he maybe looked a little bit like he's still getting up to sharpness at times, but could have got a goal, um, not just with the penalty incident. He had that, that other chance as well, but... Um, yeah, going forward, I think you'd be more concerned if chances weren't being created and, and goals weren't being scored, but they are. So that's something that um, Nuno has really worked on and obviously is a, a big positive. It's just keeping them out of the other end because it just undoes yeah. all that good work. If you score goals and if you play really well and you look a real threat and put Newcastle under pressure or, or any opposition team under pressure, but you're not able to keep it out at the other end. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Ross says our front four looks very good. Uh, a one you will get only will only get sharper, and goals will come. I totally agree with that. And and I think Max, that is the thing for Forrest is is the attacking options are all right, and and you know you manage to score. You know, almost Forrest are actually scoring kind of one two goals per game, and I haven't haven't got the stat to to hand. And and then it's just it's just the silly mistakes that undo you, and it's a shame because Newcastle are a good side and. And it was a really yeah. battling performance on Saturday for a neutral watching it on the TV. You yeah. think, you know, what a game! But but it, it, it's just those silly mistakes that cost Forest, which is disappointing given how much kind of we have to play with in in the final third. Yeah, look, there's there's not much to say about it. It's, a, it's it, football's a simple equation. You need to score more than you concede. I just I've just looked now in the last eleven in the last six games, Forest have scored eleven goals. Um, but we've conceded, I, I didn't count the other ones, but obviously we've conceded loads, haven't we? And look, you know, Sarah, Sarah said, it, said it all that. I think that Callum Hudson, it's great to see, sort of seems to have sparked that confidence. You know, he almost went to Bayern Munich for 100 million quid not long ago. He's clearly a player of great pedigree and um, and he's growing in confidence and he seems, you know, that, that, that goal cutting in onto his right foot and it curling in, you know, that seems to be... His his thing now, <laughs> and and long may that continue. It's clear. So it's great to see his confidence there. Morgan Gibbs White. I mean, we've got to hold on. I mean, I think it'd be a modern day miracle for us to hold on to him through through the summer. And um, he's so dynamic. 
just everything about Morgan Gibbs-White, I think, deserves praise, the way he carries the squad, his technical ability in tight spaces. I mean, everybody knows. And and, and Anthony Alangas, it's fantastic that he's proved Manchester United wrong. You know, how great is that for us that we've 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 took a player that's that's really doing the business for us on the pitch. And Tywell will get sharper, get fitter, but still is a nuisance. That that goal he scored when he was offside, I think, shows how clinical he can be. You know, some people still try to sort of criticise Tywell, but he's got the best best conversion rate in the Premier League, or certainly did before the Newcastle game. So it all looks it all looks tickety boo up top. But we've just got to sort out the defence. We need some sort of leadership. We need to stop the goal, stop the rot, if you like. Uh, and that's really where Forrest, the conversation is, because we are alarmingly close to the bottom three. And um, and I'm, I can't help but bring up these charges because it is what hangs over. It's the dark cloud over Forrest at the minute. And um, that, that really is going to be massive for our season. And so we have to, I mean... We needed to stop conceding as many goals a few weeks ago, you know. And and if we get relegated, we will look at these games as the reason why perhaps we didn't manage to overturn any points deductions. It's all about not conceding, isn't it? And and that's what that's what needs to happen. Yeah, it does. And and also when you look, you know, at what Forest have got on the bench. And I'm just looking at a comment here from Greg actually about Arigi offering nothing off the bench at the moment. And I think that's one of the, the and, and, and another huge talking point is you've got a, a Arigi, a proven Premier League striker, you know, scored in the Champions League final. I stumbled across the highlights on YouTube a few weeks ago and I was like, did Arigi really score in the Champions League final? And it actually shot me because it just doesn't seem to have worked at Forest. He was close to a move on deadline day. And I suppose, Sarah, when you look at, at the options on the bench, now Chris Wood's out for, for six weeks. Um, I'll try not to say six months like last time. Um, Chris Wood's now out for six weeks. You've got Tywer that isn't fully fit. And Divock Origi's your third-choice striker. But for me, you know, I understand he comes on in the last 10 minutes, but just doesn't, just, just doesn't seem interested, just doesn't really seem to offer anything. Yeah, you kind of hope that goal the other night might have sparked something. Um, he's just not quite made the impact that it was hoped he would. And I guess that's, if you're talking about concerns up front, that's that's probably the, the big one, really, that Chris Wood's out for a while. Tywo is coming back and, and obviously has had injury problems before. So you're relying on him to, to stay fit, which Touch Wood hopefully does, um, having had that surgery. But you still need a a bit of support um Rodrigo Ribeiro has come in but is a, a young striker and is seen as one for the future more than anything um so maybe there's that little lack of depth in the striker position and you need Origi to really step up and provide something probably from the bench because he's, he's not going to start ahead of um ahead of Taiwo unless Taiwo needs resting like in the cup game um he does have a, a reputation of being a, a, a bit of a super sub um but it's not quite happened so far um needs to change really in the the final few months of the season because you, you want your players on the bench to be able to come on and make an impact in games if maybe you're struggling or if players are struggling you need Nuno needs to be able to turn to people and say right I've got this player that can come on and, and have an impact this player that can come on and get us a goal or this player that can come on and change something hopefully Gio Reyna can do that um as well I think he's shown a few glimpses in the couple of appearances that he's made that have been 
encouraging and positive. He looks like somebody who wants to get on the ball and can make things happen and looks like he can add a different option. Um, he's got his work cooked out to try to get in the starting 11, I think, but having him on the bench can help. It's just, you need other players to step up as well. And Divock Origi really needs to to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, he, he certainly does. And, and when you look at um, Gio Reyna Max, obviously only coming on for, for for five or ten minutes, but he does look he does look like he kind of slotted into the side straight away and and he liked to almost seem to, to to receive the ball and kind of pass and go. Do you think maybe he's he he's the answer a little bit between that kind of almost gap that that can be occasionally left between them between the forest defence and an attack? Not really, actually. Uh, you know, what do I think about Rayner? He's taller than I thought. He looked on his pictures. Yeah, he's clearly clearly technically proficient. He, you know, he, he's go. He's he's been at Dortmund. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say he's not he's not got a lot of talent. I don't think he's necessarily. I think he's a bit of a luxury signing. Um, I don't think that he's going to be the difference between Forest, you know, staying up or getting relegated. I think the thing about Divock Origi is Divock Origi who thrives off great service. And if you're playing for prime Liverpool Champions League winning Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp surrounded by some world-class players then you get service and he's you know and if you're a decent finisher which he is then that's fine but you're not getting that in the Forest team Forest need a striker that can do a lot of work for themselves and create problems that's that is Taiwo's game right he's incredibly fast he's incredibly strong and he's and he's also incredibly good at finishing that's what he's shown in a Forest shirt and that's what we need because we are too busy trying to contain, and that's not criticism, that's where Forest are in the Premier League, to be able to throw forward you know, five or six players. It's why we needed Johnson last season. It's why Alanga's been so instrumental this season, because really Forest have only got you know, three players, maximum four, able to really contribute in a, an action that leads to a goal. Chris Wood is simple, does what it says on the tin, you know, big strong and also a good finisher but that Forrest need to play a, a very particular way to play towards his strengths Divock Origi you know he's you know by all intents and purposes on about 120 grand a week um and again for me another symbol of what has been an often choose my words carefully inconsistent approach to transfer approach yeah. On what planet does do, does a, a club like Forest need Divock Origi? Yes, he scored a Champions League winning goal. Yes, he scored some late goals for Liverpool, but he couldn't do it in the attack. He couldn't do it in Serie A. So I just think AC Milan will be absolutely laughing. And um, it's so to go back to your question, Gio Reyna. No criticism of him. Looks like a really good player. I don't think that he's going to play a massive role. I hope he does. I hope he comes on and you know scores a couple of goals for us. But I don't think that's what, where where the issue is for Forest. The issue um, isn't even scoring goals at the minute. The issue is is conceding goals. So, sorry, Gio Reyna, but you're not you're not you're not um, in my limelight really. Yet, maybe yet, um, Max. When when you look at uh, I can I can remember talking to you a, a few weeks ago and, and talking about as almost the dogfight happens with Forrest this season in terms of relegation, needing the players that that show desire, that show passion and, and, and really want to fight for the football club, given yeah. that they weren't here when Forrest were in the depths of the championship, bar maybe Ryan Yates and, and, and a few mm -hmm. others. But you 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 do look at the squad and and despite maybe that, that question coming a few weeks ago, 
against Newcastle, they showed passion for me. They showed desire. They showed fight. It was just the silly errors. So you can't criticise, surely, the passion that the players show, but you can obviously criticise the constant silly errors that will lead to Forest goals. And that's maybe why it's a good point. And you, you mentioned, you know, Divock Origi and, and, and obviously Reina, yeah. that, that you need those players that, that show a bit more passion and, and, and fight sometimes. Yeah, and and I, I, I'm not for one minute doubting, and I know you're not accusing me of it, but to be clear, I'm not, I'm not uh, doubting Divock Origi's professionalism, you know, not at all. Um, I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and it'd be wrong for me to assume that he's milking the wages um, and sort of just sort of waltzing into training and, and, and doing it half fast. I'm not saying that, um, but... There is. It's just like, oh, I, I want someone that's paid fifteen grand a week, like Harry Toffolo, and I, I don't know what he's paid a week, but I want someone with a bit more grit, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's difficult under the lights, uh, under the lights at the City Ground to not play with passion, right? You know, after after Divock Origi scored his goal in the FA Cup, Forrester put out a, a little video, you know, of of him saying how special the fans are. I mean, that's all great, um, but <clears throat> I don't think passion's the problem necessarily. Um, we've got to stop conceding goals. I mean, that, that just is, is the problem, isn't it? I don't, I don't sound like a broken record. For me, bless him, but Divock Origi, you know, isn't, I don't think, a Premier League level striker or certainly not for for, for what Forrest need. Um, yeah, let's just hope Tywo. I mean, it's just our luck, isn't it? Chris Wood, Chris Wood starts scoring goals on a, on a semi-regular basis uh, when, when we need him to. When when Tywo's injured, Tywo comes back for a game and and Chris Wood tears his hamstring in half. I mean, it's just not going our way, and we've got to hope that this. And, and you look at clubs like Luton, and I find it hard not to really like Luton, even though we're in a dogfight with them, because they remind me of us last season. But it, it looks like they they've got a bit of wind beneath their sails. I know they lost to Sheffield United, but we need a bit of that. We need. You know, players to we need someone to Ryan Yates to score a screamer from thirty yards. You know, we need um, <clears throat> whoever we're playing to miss an open goal. I mean, it's just not going our way in any stretch of the word. Yeah, I I, I agree. It just seems to be the ever everlasting story about Forest with injuries, Championship, and mm. and even the Premier League. Um, we'll come back a little bit to to maybe kind of a look ahead to to West Ham. Um, but wanted to touch on. On Anthony Taylor, Sarah, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like to criticise the ref too much because Forrest can't blame their goals on the referee, but you can blame all of the decisions that do seem to go against us. In fact, I've got to start here: nine points lost to a variety of refereeing mistakes to Man United when Rashford had that penalty at the start of the season, to to many more, and it is frustrating, isn't it? When when you know every team is hard done by, but it just seems like, especially when you're in this dogfight, when you need to pick up points more than ever, the last thing you want is a poor refereeing performance. I think it's more the inconsistency, isn't it, between referees, and that stretches yeah. across the league. It's that you can have a decision in one game that goes one way, and then in another game it goes the opposite way. Nobody really knows where they stand with it all, and um, that's the frustration around it, and that's why you get controversial moments like the one on Saturday um, it wasn't why Forrest lost that it was a turning point in the game but they didn't lose because they didn't get that penalty I think it probably was a penalty but it, I think to blame the result or to 
pinpoint it on the referee is is wrong because there was so much more to that game than that one moment. Sometimes you get games that are that do turn on um, decisions like that. I don't think Saturday was one of them. Um, you can look back through the season and think, yeah, there was this decision that should have gone this way and this decision that should have gone that way. Um, I think that's probably one for the end of the season because focusing on refereeing performances and decisions, it just glosses over other areas that need fixing first. You have you, you can't control the referee. You can't control VAR. You can't control any kind of as many letters as Forrest want to write they can't control those decisions so you have to put that to one side and focus on your own performance focus on fixing your own issues because that's what they are in control of um it's a it's a massive cliche but control the controllables and just (laughs) try to put the rest to one side and hope that it does even out over the season um as frustrating and as disappointing and as annoying as it is to have decisions like that Forest can't keep focusing on them um, because otherwise they're missing other things that need fixing. Yeah, I've never known. A, I, I think I've never known a profession actually where you can constantly make errors and and still have your jobs week in week out. That isn't targeted at Anthony Taylor, of course. Um, and it was just like you know, sat sat in the stands, and I can remember when when it was a Forest penalty appeal for the handball. Which looking back, it wasn't really a handball. Of course, Taiwo's trip. I. I, I think it, it, it should have been a penalty. Um, but Anthony Taylor actually kind of waved to the crowd as if to say it wasn't a penalty, almost showing the crowd where where the ball had kind of um, hit on the arm. And I'm thinking, as a professional referee, Max, what on earth is he doing that? Kind of almost firing the crowd up for and The trend time were going absolutely mental, as you can imagine. But I was just thinking, what on earth is that all about? And and and, and it is frustrating when, when it seems like Forest get referees and every team gets referees that you know are going to have a poor game because of their record. Because Anthony Taylor, if we're being brutally honest, has got a bit of a poor record at the minute in terms of refereeing games and mistakes he's constantly making. This is another example of how the rules aren't the problem. It's about it's the implementation of the rules and the consistency of those rules that is the the scourge in the Premier League. So like like all this nonsense about blue cards trying to bring in new rules, VAR is VAR is on its knees. They can't even control VAR and make it consistent. So how on earth can you can you even fathom bringing in a sin bin to football? So th- yes, this is a wider point and Sarah's this is what I'm about to say is a wider point about the issues of officiating in the Premier League. Sarah's right to say we cannot use this as a scapegoat to say, woe is me, that sort of victim complex. There is a, you know, there's a conspiracy against Forrest. That isn't the case, but it is absolutely true that Anthony Taylor's got a poor record of decisions against Forrest. Um, my immediate thought when I saw this was, if Erling Haaland goes down, that is a penalty. This is my opinion. I might be wrong. But, I, but we saw Anthony Taylor give Diogo Yotta a penalty a few weeks ago. I can't remember who it was against. And he, he got touched by the keeper and he basically then went on a 110-metre hurdle sprint and then fell over. I mean, and Anthony Taylor gave that. So I I cannot fathom how in how that is a penalty and the one against Taiwo isn't. Um, I just think it, it 
it's a perfect example of the inconsistency at the so-called elite level of refereeing. And it reminds me of Jamie Carragher's point about how, um, you know, if, if Saudi Arabia can, uh, can sort of pay some of the English match officials to go over there and, and officiate, why can't we, as the best league in the world, as the, as the wealthiest league in the world, behind Saudi, why can't we go, go into the talent pool in Europe and mm. bring, bring referees in here? Because I think it's embarrassing. I really think it's embarrassing that there is this level of inconsistency. Now, also, I've watched, watched this back loads of times. It is illegal in football to block a player. And for the first goal, whilst the defending in the box was poor, and Forrest need to, we've we've spoken about this pretty much the whole podcast about Forrest defending. Whilst that's true, Anthony Gordon essentially sets an NBA screen on Anthony Alanga, who's trying to get out to block the cross into Gamares, and he's sort of running with him and blocking him. That's illegal, and so th that's just not the rules. And so. Why VIR aren't picking that up, why Anthony Taylor's not picking that up on the pitch is beyond me because Anthony Alanga is the fastest player on the pitch and he was an inch away from blocking that cross. And if he hadn't been blocked by Gordon, so I just think, and, and I'm speaking as a fan, it's incredibly frustrating to see that inconsistency and there be this conversation going on at, at IFAB about changing the rules. I mean, it's, it's absolutely embarrassing. It's absolute nonsense. For me, it was a stonewall penalty. It would have been given to a bigger club uh, and it wasn't given to Forrest. And I think there's questions over the first goal. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I completely agree, Max. Um, to actually end the official chat, Ian says, can we send in the officials too? That's not, yeah. not I like point. that idea. Yeah. yeah good um, idea. I, yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, right, let's... Look ahead to West Ham, which is a huge game given their performance yesterday. No excuses now, Sarah. Easier said than done for Forrest to try and get something next week. It's a big game, isn't it? I think it's it's so crucial that they get a win. I don't want to call it a must win, but I think it it, it really is important. Um, not got a Premier League win yet in 2024. So to I know there hasn't been too many Premier League games and that, that's just it sounds worse than it is but I think it, it really is important to get something from it um, a win would just lift the mood hugely and all of a sudden things look a bit different and a bit brighter and um, the table can quickly change even with just one victory um, and it, it just gives something then to build on and to work with and to carry forward because there's a, a pretty tough run of games coming up um, Another game at the city ground, which is so important to make that home form and, and get back to that kind of fortress that it was last season. Um, I think it, it hasn't quite been that this season yet. Um, I think it's hopefully a few of the AFCON players are, are in contention again in, in Bolly and um, Sangare and um, Anaina. Mm. I guess it's whether they're they're kind of in the right headspace and, and fitness-wise having had a long trip back I'm sure for Bolle and Sangari as well having been on the winning team that's going to be completely different um, compared to Aina who um, when we were speaking to Nuno last week he said it, it's the players who, who come back on the winning side or player who come back on the winning side obviously that's easier to keep them their spirits high and their mood high but when you're having the opposite then you have to lift whoever was on the losing side um, and obviously that's Ola Aina this time hopefully he can quickly get back into 
club football and and hopefully put that disappointment behind him but it's sure to play on his mind because it's such a it'll hurt um I guess getting back out on the pitch might help get him straight back into the swing of things but again it's it's coming back from a, a, a tournament and a long travel everything that goes in with that so it's going to be such a big game on Saturday um I think it, it's so important to come out of it with a positive result yeah, Forrest still searching for that first league win in 2024. Um, Max, no excuses for you now, given the players that that will be back from Afcon. You know, of course, Chris Wood's still out, a few others, but but you've really got to be aiming next week as a must-win, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, it is a must-win. We're already relaxed. I think again with the points deduction hanging over our heads, we're already relying on other teams to not win. Um, I think I think it's a must-win. Thank God West Ham got battered six-nil, um, because that's that's difficult to come back from. And so, you know, well, I'm not really, I'm not sorry, West Ham fans. I, I really hope that you've taken a knock of confidence for you know the next few weeks so that we can capitalise on it. Uh, you know, I know I know a position where Olerina could slot straight back in to keep his mind off his Afcon final loss. That would be left back for Tavares. Um, and I was thinking last night when, I mean, the AFCON story is absolutely astonishing. It's, it's a brilliant footballing story. I hope they make a Netflix documentary out of it. Two things I thought was um, Sangare didn't play that long. He you know, came on in the sort of last last few minutes. And, and I was also thinking, are, are Willie Bolly or Sangare sort of, do they have a religious belief that stops them from drinking? Because I was thinking it'd be great if they just had a sober celebration so they could come back and play on Saturday. So um, I really hope that that, that those um, celebrations didn't go too long into the night, but I'm sure they did. Uh, and it'd be great to have those players back. It's a must win. I hope that Ina comes back in because he looks to have had a really good tournament. And if we could bring Bolly... Um, Bolly didn't play at all. He wasn't even mm. in the squad. So I think it'd be great for him to, to start. And then having Sangare back in the mix would be great because it's about time he sort of had that consistent run of games without um, without injury or without silly suspensions because we've seen glimpses from him, haven't we? And he really needs to, it'd be, he needs to step, step up for us. Big, big time player, big name player, Champions League player. Well, let, let's be having you then and let's let's see what you can do. Yeah, there is one positive for a Monday morning is that AFCON isn't for another two years, I think. So be all right. No more AFCON chat. Um, as much as you said, Max, it was a good story. Uh, right, that does us nicely. Sarah, thank you. Enjoy West Ham next week. Fingers crossed for a win. Fingers crossed, yes. Uh, Max, thank you as well, mate. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Good stuff. Um, I wanted to actually end the podcast on a little bit of a different note today. Um, there's a guy who sits behind me, Barry Woodfield Spencer. He's a lifelong Forest fan. He's also a huge fan of, of the Garibaldi Red podcast and everything we do. Uh, sadly, Barry suffered a stroke last week and he's in hospital. So big love to him and his family. Um, I just yeah. wanted to give a mention uh, to him. We're thinking of you uh, and fingers crossed we'll see you back at the city ground sometime uh, soon. Uh, right, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll do a few episodes this week as well, previewing West Ham. Sarah, I'm sure you'll be back with your Q&A. And, uh, and I'll be back as well. Uh, remember to drop us a like, share and subscribe on YouTube. We're across Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So leave us a review if you did enjoy. Thanks for all your comments as well live. And we will see you next time. Have a lovely rest of your Monday. See you then.